How many liked our happy message last week? Mm-hmm. How many have been listening to the happy song this week? Yeah? Oh, man, two of you. Okay. You need to listen to that happy song. You, it, it, you can download it. You can download, you can download 24 hours of happy. And it'll play all the time for you. But anyway, that was a great song. And we're going to play it again today. And we're going to leave here happy no matter how you came in. <laughs> so I told you I had, I, I've had this, you know, probably once, maybe twice a year sometimes we'll teach from this, this passage out of Philippians chapter 4 about being anxious and worried and fretful about nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication it says with thanksgiving let your request be made known unto God and the peace of God that passes all of your understanding will stand guard over your heart and mind we teach out of this once or twice a year and we've entitled it different things and and um, different titles through the years but I titled it last week last Sunday and this Sunday my title is happy and I had a reason why, and I'm just going to review a little bit, give you the definitions of the different words that I gave you last week, <clears throat> and then we'll kind of, then we'll go on from there. Um, but we talked about two different words. We talked about, actually, we defined three different words. The first word was joy, and one of the definitions of the word joy is to feel great happiness. Joy is to feel great happiness. To rejoice is to feel or show that you are happy about something again and again and again. To re, to, for it to happen again and then again and then again and then again. To be happy. Um, but to also be happy by choice. Now, in the past I've shared this message and we've talked about that we've talked about looked at it from the from the standpoint that happy and joy being joyful and being happy are two different things that being joyful is a condition that you have or, or, or an, an attitude that you have with no conditions being happy is conditional in other words you're happy when you wake up on the right side of the bed and everything's good. And, but you can be joyful and full of joy uh, no matter what your conditions are because of the, the condition of your heart as a result of what you've put into yourself. And, and, and I, I still believe that that's true, but joy is and, and rejoicing is being happy on purpose. To rejoice in the Hebrew means four things. It means probably several other things, but it means four things. To brighten up, to rejoice, to rejoice in the Hebrew is to brighten up. Everybody smile. Okay, so if you've got a frown on your face and you brighten up, you do it by choice, right? Okay, so rejoicing is unconditional, and it's a result of what you've deposited on, your, on the inside of you to make changes in your life, but it's still a choice. So it's to brighten up, to leap, to spin around, and to shout. 
to brighten up, to leap, to spin around, and to shout. And there's days when you don't feel like doing any of those four things. In fact, you, you, you don't really care what anybody thinks, and you choose to be, you know, kind of a sour puss and have a sour attitude, and you want other people to know that you're ticked, and you want people to ask you questions why you're upset. And I'm not, I'm not saying you. I'm not looking at you per se. I'm just talking about humanity, people in general. By choice, we have to choose to be happy and let no one know how it is that we're feeling. Well, but you know, Pastor, sometimes it's good for people to know so you don't, you're not lonely. Well, um, lonely, you being lonely and, and feeling lonely, everybody does. Every one of us feels lonely at times. Even in a crowd of people, you can feel lonely. But it's a choice and it's a state of mind. I'm convinced that when you choose to rejoice, when you make the choice to brighten up, to leap and shout and spin around and do some things in the natural that you wouldn't normally do, I'm convinced that that will change your attitude in the moment. It won't change and fix everything that's the problem, but it'll change your attitude in the moment when you do things and you make a choice to do something to change the way that you feel in the moment. Anybody ever woken up from a bad dream and you feel like you've been run over by a truck? I mean, just, it's just horrible. You woke up and you had these weird thoughts. And, and so much of the time, we wake up like that and we'll keep those thoughts. And we'll keep those feelings and we'll try and attempt to go into our day feeling that way. Feeling tired and frustrated and it's like someone says something to you and you snap at them and bite their head off, you know, because you're not dealing with and making a choice to rejoice, to be happy, to look for the good in something instead of the bad and to change the way that you feel. We cannot, the Bible says clearly and reveals to us clearly that we cannot be people that are moved by how we feel. Every time that you're moved by how you feel and you make choices based on that, those choices are not only going to affect you, but they're going to affect people around you. That's right. And God's just teaching us things, you know, teaching us how to get out of that. So we're, we're, we're going to look at Philippians 4, from 4 to 8, we're going to read that. Then we're going to read Matthew 6, verse 25 through 34. And then we're going to read 1 John 5, verse 6 through 10. We're going to take these three passages of Scripture, and I believe today, if you'll take what I share with you in these three passages here in the next few minutes, I mean just some simple things. But I'm telling you, it's the simple truths and the simple keys to life that if you just put them to work, it'll change you. It will change you. So, follow with me in these, in these few passages. Um, <coughs> so, verse 4. And I'm going to kind of go back. I'm, I'm in the New King James. I'm going to go back and forth from 
the New King James to the Amplified. So just follow with me. Rejoice in the Lord always. So brighten up, leap, spin around, and shout always. We could just finish the message right now and just say, okay, there's your key and that's what you do. How often is always? But if you didn't get it the first time, he says, and again I say, (laughs) brighten up, leap, spin around, and shout. Let your gentleness, or the Amplified says, let your let your unselfishness be known to all men, for the Lord is at hand. Be anxious or worried or fretful about nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God, which passes all of your understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Now we're going to come back to there, but let's go to uh, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 25. Matthew 6 and verse 25. Jesus says this, Therefore I say to you, do not worry, we just got... We got through reading in Philippians 4, 6, be anxious or worried about nothing. About how much? Nothing. Now see, if, if, if the Bible, what I've learned through the years, if the Bible says something and it's a command, that's not an option, it's a command, but it's choice by me because, because God, God never commanded me to do something that I can't do. So he said, be anxious for nothing. Don't worry about anything. See, we live in a society where if you don't worry, then you're not being responsible. But there's a difference, and you'll see it by the end of this message. So he said, therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, your body, what you're going to put on. It's not life more than food and the body than clothing. Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor do they reap. Or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. You ever seen a, a sickly dying bird because he couldn't find any food? Right? Never seen a bird on welfare. <laughs> because it's, it, 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 and, and think of it. God created them and made sure they're fed. Notice what he says right here. You've got to think of these things sometimes. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them, are you not of more value than they? There lies the problem. When you, don't, when, you don't, when you don't feel valued and you don't feel like that God cares and loves, about, loves you more than the birds, there's an issue. Watch. Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? So, Why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory 
was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Verse 31, therefore, do not worry saying, what am I going to eat? What am I going to drink? How am I going to take care of this? How am I going to pay this? What about this thing? Oh my gosh, what about next week? What about this? What, what happens if this doesn't come through? Oh my gosh, and oh my gosh. He said, therefore, do not worry saying. Philippians 4, 6 said, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. With thanksgiving. Don't worry saying, oh my gosh. Instead, go before God and begin to thank him for meeting a need. Thank him for saving somebody. Thank him for delivering another person or a situation. Thank him. Go before him with your mouth. Don't go before God worrying saying. Don't go before God begging God, but God is teaching us in his word to begin to rejoice and thank him for what he's already done, even when it doesn't look like it's happening in our lives. See, some people think that, that thanking God for something that you don't have yet um, is backwards, because in the world, in the world's way of thinking, you can't have something until you see it. I say, based on the word of God, we're to call those things which be not as though they were. That's what Romans chapter 4 says. Call something that isn't as though it was because what God's doing is he's transforming and changing the way that we're thinking. See, if you, if you see yourself as a loser and that never changes, no matter what anybody else tells you, you'll live your life and go to the grave a loser. And you see everything through loser mentality. You see everything like with 3D glasses, you're viewing everything from the standpoint of a loser when God created you a winner. He said you're more than a conqueror who can overcome and conquer by choice. God created us to live in an overcoming place and a position, not just for ourselves, but to help other people and disciple other people to be able to know that they don't have to live defeated and underneath. God created us to live on top. But you can't accomplish that by saying whatever you want to say out of your mouth. You can't accomplish that by thinking these negative thoughts and allowing those negative thoughts to rule in your day. That's why we have to learn how to rejoice. And it starts by just brightening up. I didn't say putting a smile on your face is going to change every circumstance in your life, but it's going to change the way you perceive yourself. Wow, I can... Be happy even when things seem to not be going well in a certain area of my life. It doesn't matter whether it's financial, whether it's physical, physical, whether it's social, different relationships with people, family members, I don't care. There can be things going on and you can still, by choice, be happy. And you do it by choosing to rejoice. Amen? So he said, take no thought saying, what are we going to do about these things? When I said it's not enough just to brighten up and make a choice to rejoice and have a different attitude in the day, but that's where it starts. 
Then where it goes is what the next verse says. For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you have need of these. Let me ask you this question. I've got, I have four children, four daughters, and if one of my daughters was in a real dire specific need, and it was a justifiable need to help them in, It would be one thing if I didn't have the means to help her. I went to him and said, you know what, I I see, I'm I'm, I'm in agreement with you, I'm going to be praying for you, I'd like to help you, but right now I just don't have it to help you. That'd be one thing. But it'd be another thing to know what her need is and have the means to help her and choose not to. So all these things that you and I need, and it doesn't matter if it's emotional need, if it's a financial need, if it's a physical need, whatever the need is, God says right here, everything that the Gentiles seek at, and he's talking about monetary things here, the Gentiles seek after these things, for your heavenly Father knows that you have need of these. And the Bible says that there is no limits to the supply of God. God knows what you have need of. What does he say in the next verse? And I'm going to read this out of the Amplified. Verse 33. He says, but seek, aim at, and strive after, first of all, his kingdom and his righteousness. And in parentheses here it says, his way of doing and being right. And all of these things taken together will be given you besides. He he knows that we have need of certain things, but what he's saying is, if your thinking doesn't change, and the blessing comes, and the needs get met, but your thinking stays the same, your thinking will destroy you. Your thinking will destroy you. If you think you're a loser and you don't change that thinking and things come into your life and everything that you get you still view through a loser mentality, what will happen is everything will slip right through your hands. God doesn't want things to come to us and slip through the hand. God wants to bless us and us to enjoy everything that we have. He created us that way. But my thinking doesn't change then my circumstances will go right back and even worse many times to where I was before if my thinking doesn't change. And the last verse there, verse 34, says, Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. You know why? Because today is the what? 23rd of March. You know that God already created the 24th? So why would I worry about the 24th when I could live in the fullness of the 23rd? You know how many people can't enjoy their day off for worrying about the next day they got to work? And That would kind of be funny if it wasn't so true. 
because of the way we dread life. So then we're, we're, in, we're in body form, but we're non-existent with the people that we could enjoy life with on the 23rd because we're thinking about the 24th. So my mind's in the 24th, and my body's in the 23rd, but you don't have your mind connected to your body. Your body's as good as dead. You just, you're just a walking zombie. It's not paying attention and aware and being able to enjoy. God intended for us to be blessed to enjoy life. I know because I've, I've lost out on a lot of days in the past where I was there in body form and not there in my head. But I've chosen to change my thinking so that I can be not just here in body form, but in soul. Amen? And my spirit man can grow and I can be everything God created me to be. We, it's a choice. But it will not happen if I don't choose to brighten up To, when I say leap and spin around and shout, whatever, just something. Do something to get out of the mold and the stronghold that the enemy wants to keep you in, to keep you down and depressed and frustrated and looking at circumstances and looking and blaming other people and all, all the stuff that's there. Everybody else is doing it, but you don't have to. You can choose not to. But it starts, it starts by choosing to be happy. Every time I say that, it just makes me smile. When I think about that happy song, we're going to play it in a minute. Go back on video again and play the happy song. We are happy. That's right. But it's a choice. It won't just come on you. And you can watch the happy song until, you know, you're happied out. And it won't make you happy. It'll help you. You know, play it. Play stuff. Do stuff. Do things. Whatever it takes to brighten up and to jump and leap and spin around and play the happy song and play good music and listen to good teaching and do, I mean, replace some of the other things that you do that bring you down with the things that will bring you up, right? But it's still a choice. God's already made tomorrow. And when tomorrow comes, it'll be full of all kinds of worry that if you choose not to do it today, you won't do it tomorrow. And you know what? He's already made the 25th also. He's already made every day for the rest of the year and in 2015 and 16 and beyond. They're already made. He didn't wait till 12 o'clock midnight. Oh my gosh, what are we going to do? We got to get this out. Hmm? Got to get the memo out. It's, it's 11.59. It's got to be created. It's already made. It's a done deal. Thank God for Jesus. Amen? That he has positioned us to be able to live in this life of fullness. Mm, mm, and be happy. 1 Peter 5. And then we'll come back to Philippians because I want to read verse 8 of Philippians 4. What did I tell you? 1 Peter. 1 Peter 5. <clears throat> and verse <clears throat> 6. Anybody ever told you, well, you know, you need, you need to, you're just not humble enough. You need to humble yourself. You need to humble yourself. You need to get down and get under. And, and, and listen, 
Verse 5 says, God resists the proud and he gives grace to the humble. I want, I want grace. How about you? Huh? I want grace. What do I do to be humble? What do I do for humility to be a part of my life? It tells us right here. In one half of a verse, it tells us how to live in humility. Therefore, humble yourself, verse 6, <clears throat> under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. How? Verse 7. Casting all of your cares upon him. Casting all of your worries upon him. All anxiety upon him. How do you humble yourself? By casting. In other words, the more care we take, I used to tell, you used to hear me, if you've been around here at all, I used to say this all the time. You know, don't, don't take care. Somebody's around you and, and, they're, and you know, they may be at your house and they're leaving. Well, take care. <clears throat> and I used, to, I used to tell people, no, I ain't taking care. And I'd tell them, no, I don't take care. I cast my care. That sounds really religious. That really ministered to them, didn't it? <clears throat> um, but I still do it under my breath because I don't want care. And I know what, you know, when people say take care, you know. I mean, what, what else can you say? Be good. Be safe. Be happy. Have a good attitude. Love your neighbor. I mean, something, right? Instead of take care. I don't want the care. I want to cast it. Because I want grace. I want to walk in humility. I want to cast care and, and, and on the, I want to cast care and receive grace. That's what it's telling me right here. Cast, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you at the proper time, not when you think you should be. And you do it by casting all your care upon because he cares for you. Look what the Amplified says about the casting right here. Verse um, 7. Casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all in him. For he cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. <clears throat> Here's the thing that I get from that is that the thing I'm holding on to and I'm caring for, he can do a better job of it. What, I, what I'm thinking I'm going to work out in myself, he can do a better job of working it out. So if I cast it on him and don't take it back, and if you take it back, cast it again. And if you take it back 45 times in a day, keep casting it. Oh, man, that's, that'll wear you out. Yeah, it's a full-time job. Why? Because you're changing your thinking because you don't want to stay the same. Right? Full-time job. This thing with Christianity and dealing with the soul is a full-time job. The day you got born again, your spirit man was born a second time. You were born. You're, if you're in a body sitting here today looking at me, you were born one time. When you were born a second time, okay, the second time your spirit man was born again. But not your head, not your thinking, not your soul, not your mind, will, and emotions. It wasn't born again. It was exactly the same. If you were, if you were an alcoholic and got born again, you're still an alcoholic, especially if you were told you were. In all the AA meetings I used to go to, 
I was told, and, and if you go to AA, don't, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I, I was, my whole family bought stock in AA, you know. <laughs> and thank God for AA. They, they did some amazing things for us and helped us in a lot of ways. Um, but the one thing that I, had to, that I had to begin to change is thinking that once I'm an alcoholic, I'm always an alcoholic. Okay? Now don't misunderstand me. Don't get offended or upset about what I'm saying. What I had to learn was that even though I was still drinking like I was an alcoholic, I was beginning to call those things which be not as though they were. So I had a guy that, as I, as I got free of some, of some of the things in my life, as I got over on top of some of it, I'll say, I had a guy one day and I shared that with him. And so he went to his next meeting and he said, I'm Lee and I'm free. And that didn't go over real well. You know, because there's a, there's a way of thinking in there that helps you with that, okay? But I'm saying in the Word, in Scripture, there is a way of thinking that we have to come out of so we don't, we're not, I'm not one drink away or one situation away from falling back into what I was into before. If, to whom the sun sets free, I'm free. See? But it's not denial of that. See, one, one of the things that, that I learned through that whole process is that that. It's not denying that something is there. No, admit what you're doing. You okay? I'm struggling with this. I do this. I keep doing this. And that's why in, that's why in Christianity, we got to have the liberty and freedom to do whatever we do and allow the word to change our thinking. Let the word change who you are. Do what you do. Be who you are. Be free to be who you are. But let the word change your thinking. That way, if you change anything in your life, you change it because of God. Not because man's pressing you and pressuring you and putting you under. And if you don't do it this way, nah, come on. Everybody's got their ways. And if everybody has to conform to one way of doing things, then we're a cult. You understand? God doesn't want a cult. He wants followers, people that love him and follow him because they love him. And that happens, that happens as we learn to cast the care of something that wants to weigh us down. As I'm casting the care, as I'm delivering that and putting the care out there and letting God handle the care, what he's saying to me is, I can handle this thing better than you can handle it. And at the same time as I'm casting it, he's empowering me to be able to handle it myself. It's amazing the way it works. Now watch what he says here. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. But resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brethren in the world. But may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus after you, have suffered a while, will perfect and establish and strengthen and settle you. Gosh, there's so much in there, don't have time to get into it. But right there lies the key to what God wants to do. See, I'm sharing something with you today. You may not agree with everything that I say, it's fine. But take what I'm telling you and the scriptures that I'm giving you, take those verses of scripture and do something with them. 
Because the more you do with the Scripture, the Holy Spirit will take what I said and say to you what he really wants to say to you. It's impossible for one person speaking up here today to minister to every need. That's why we have the Holy Ghost. So the Holy Ghost will take what I said and the examples that I've given, okay, and then he'll, he'll draw it and bring it down to you to where it'll make sense to you. That way... Everybody can get something from a message like this today, but if we line everybody up and we ask people, well, what would you get out of this? Everybody's going to get something different, and it should be that way because the Word should minister to where you're at. And what he said is that there's a devil out there that's looking for people that are not changing the way they're thinking, that are not growing in faith and confidence in who God is, but have confidence in themselves and trying to work it out themselves. Those are the people that he's preying on and tr- attempting to, you know, to ruin and bring down and keep down. But he said, resist him in the faith that you have, knowing that the same issues are going on in people all over the world, people right next door to you and everything else. But he said, after you've gone through some things, he will perfect and confirm and strengthen and establish you in the faith. So we have faith and confidence in God to be able to resist the devil and see the devil flee. The what, what struggles that I have in my life, it doesn't matter. I used drinking earlier. I mean, you know what? That, that, is, that is such an insignificant thing to God, drinking or drugs or those kind of, those things. In, in, in the church world, when I first came into the church world, that's where all the focus was. You got to get off of drinking. You got to get delivered to drinking. You got to get out of drugs and all this kind of stuff. And all the focus was right there. But what I didn't realize was that so much of what was affecting and contaminating people was what was in their heart. All the other things they did because of what they had inside of them. Right. You know, you gotta ha- everybody's got to have a release of some kind you got to have a release. And after 37 plus years of my life, I've learned to develop my release as being able to connect with God in ways that, that 30 years ago, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, I couldn't release. Maybe I had other things, you know. I mean, you know, we, we used to, in, in the church where we used to harp on people that drank and smoked and did drugs, but everybody else, you know, ate half a gallon of Blue Bell ice cream every night and look like the side of a barn. You know what I'm saying? I, and I'm not, I, I'm, I'm, listen, I'm not talking about how thin you are, how heavy you are. I'm not against anybody or anything. I'm just using that as a point. Blue Bell ice cream that will kill you as quickly as alcohol will was accepted, but alcohol wasn't. You see what I'm saying? And to God, it, it's really not any different. All God's concerned about is getting your and my thinking changing and in, in, in a process of changing to where we'll stay with it and not quit because the devil's coming after you all the time just to get you to quit changing your thinking. Because if he can keep you thinking the same way you did, if you leave here today and you got absolutely nothing from what I said and you do nothing with it, that pleases the devil. And his demon spirits want to keep you in a place where you never change the way that you think. You don't have to agree with everything I said today. I love Bluebell ice cream. You can kind of tell a little bit. Right? I love Bluebell. 
but you can't consume your life and your eating in things that are going to work against your body. To have a drink or a good glass of wine or whatever it is that you want to have, but, but to consume that all the time will affect your body and your liver and your kidneys and it'll affect your body. It'll hurt you. Same way it will to do certain kinds of drugs or, or whatever, but there's all kinds of things in life that will hurt you and God just wants you to have the right kind of thinking. He wants you to think properly so that you have moderation in what you do and that you do what you do because it pleases Him. Did you hear what I said? Everything that I do, I do because it pleases Him. And then, if you're pleasing Him and you're bringing these thoughts captive and you're casting those cares and you're giving no place to the enemy on a day-to-day basis, you know what happens? Is what verse 8 of Philippians 4 says. Philippians 4 and verse 8. It says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue and if there's anything worthy of praise, he said, meditate on these things. The things which you've learned and received and heard and seen in me, these do in the God of peace will be with you. I'm just here today to tell you some things that I've seen work in my life and that the more I stay happy and I stay up instead of underneath and I stay learning to develop my ability to hear what pleases God and not trying to please man. If you're a man pleaser and all you're doing is to please people, you'll never know who you are. If I don't know who I am and what I even like, I, 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 one day years ago, I, f- I felt like I needed to ask myself that question. I mean, what, what do you really like? Well, I like this because of this, and I like this because of them, and I do this. I like to go shopping because my wife does because I like being right here. But what do you like? What do you really like? It was really hard. It took me a while to figure out. I mean, I think I like golf because I play it. I didn't really know. It took me a while. Today, I know some things that I really, really like. You know? And you gotta, you gotta know that because you gotta know yourself and you gotta be comfortable in your own skin and not live your life for other people because it'll destroy you. It'll literally destroy you. And the way you do that is by choosing to do some of the things we're talking about here so that you can meditate on the good things. And on a day-to-day basis, when you're meditating on right things, it helps to strengthen what it is that you're attempting to produce in in changing your thinking. Because if if you're constantly meditating on negative things and how bad everything is, and, you know, constantly meditating on what you don't have instead of meditating and thanking God for what he's promised for you, you'll never see the results of what you're looking for. I'm just telling you, man, it's a good day to learn to be happy because happy is contagious in an amazing way. People want to be around happy people. They just do. People want to be around people that produce results. And you know what? Even if something, there's something that somebody does that you don't agree with, but it's producing results, don't be critical of people. You don't know everything about what they're doing. 
You don't know everything about what it is that's causing this thing to happen. Don't be jealous of other people because of what you don't have. The more you can rejoice on the good of others, and that's really what Jesus was telling those Pharisees. Man, you guys are tithing and doing all that, thinking you're going to escape from all this other junk that you're doing and the way you treat other people, and all you're concerned about is what people can do for you. The Pharisees were concerned that, yeah, they had converts come in, but they, their converts into their world made them better. It wasn't, we want people to come in so we can help make you better. No, that wasn't their mentality. They wanted people to make them better. And that's the reverse of what God is doing. God wants people to be free. So what I'm sharing with you today, if it helps you at all to make changes, then it's not only going to help you, but it'll help the people that are in your world. Because the people in your world, I'm not in your world and you're not in mine. We all need to be happy people affecting people in our world. Yes? So that people can come out of the bondage and the, and the anger and the frustration and the hatred and begin to be happy people that want to love people. That's what Jesus did. He came to love people. And God so loved the world that he gave the best of heaven so that you and I could be liberated and free. And now we're just supposed to carry that thing on. So love the world that people's lives, you lay your life down for the good of others. And I'm telling you, that's what pleases God. But you do it in your own way. Amen? And amen. Well, everybody want to see the happy song? Yep. You guys ready for the happy song? Yep. Here we go. Yep.